Then to continue with the Rada Salihin of Imam Nawawi, Rahimahullah, then we were on chapter 215, the chapter of the virtue of the Siwak and the characteristics of the Fitrah. And we reached Hadith number 1211. and from Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said the fitrah is five things or five things are from the fitrah al-khitan circumcision and al-istihdad Shaving the pubes and taqlimul al-far and clipping the nails and plucking the armpits and trimming the moustache agreed upon al-istihdad means shaving the pubic area and it is to shave the hair that is around the genitals. That was the saying of the Mawlawi in explanation. As for who reports this hadith, then just as Imam Nawawi said, is indeed agreed upon, meaning reported both by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. You'll find it there in the Sahih of Al-Bukhari in three places. Firstly, in Kitab al-Libas, the book of dress, Chapter 63 Trimming the Mustache Hadith 5889 Also in the same book, the Kitab al-Libas, the book of dress In the next chapter, chapter 64 Taqlim al-Adfar Clipping the Nails Hadith 5891 And also in Kitab al-Isti'dan, the book of seeking permission to enter Chapter 51 Becoming, getting circumcised after reaching old age and plucking the armpits Hadith 6297 and reported by Muslim in the book of purification as Hadith number 257 also reported by all of the four Sunan by Abu Dawood in Kitab Tarajjul the book of combing the hair chapter 16 
with regard to taking from the moustache. Yeah, taking from the moustache. Hadith 4198-4198 reported by Tirmidhi in his Sunan in Kitab al-Adab, the Book of Manas, chapter 14 what occurs with regard to clipping the nails. Hadith 2756-756 and reported by Nasai, Imam Nasai in his Sunan in five places. Three places in the Book of Purification. The first of them, the Book of Purification, chapter 9 a mention of the fitra, circumcision, hadith number 9. And in the next chapter by Al-Nasai, chapter 10, cutting the nails, hadith number 10. And also in Kitab al-Tahara, same book, the next chapter, the next hadith, chapter 11, plucking the armpits, hadith number 11. And reported by Al-Nasai also in his Sunan in Kitab al-Zina, the Book of Adornment, Chapter 1, from the Sunnas of the Fitra. Hadith 5044, and in Kitab Zina, the Book of Adornment, Chapter 55, a mention of the Fitra. Hadith 5225, 5225. And reported by Ibn Majah, again in the Book of Purification, Chapter 8, the Fitra. Hadith 200. And 92. I'm reported also by Imam, A- Imam Ahmad in his Musnad. So this hadith reported by all of the seven. Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, the Bukhari Muslim, and all of the four Sunan. I'm reported by Imam Malik in his Muatta. But Imam Malik, he reports it, and he reports it in the book of the description of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Chapter what occurs with regard to the Sunnah with regard to the fitra. And the, I mentioned the meaning of fitra will follow, inshallah. But Imam Malik, in all the narrations of, of his Muatta, he reports it as being the saying of the companion only. The saying of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, he himself said. Also reported by Imam al-Bukhari in his book, his separate book, Al-Adab al-Mufrad, in the chapter of Fucking the Armpits, and reported by many others besides, such as Al-Bayhaqi, Ibn Abi Shayba, Ibn Hibban, Abu Awana, and Al-Baghawi in Sharh sunnah As for the words and phrases in the hadith to mention, which will probably take up most, if not all, of the remaining time, inshaAllah, <coughs> then firstly, Al-Fitrah. The saying of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that the fitra is five or that five are from the fitra. So with regard to this word al-fitra as we will see inshallah it's a word which carries different meanings. So from what the people of knowledge have mentioned is that which al-Hafid al-Iraqi said in his book Tarh Tathrib an explanation of the book Taqeer al-Asanid that the father al-Iraqi Abu Zura al-Iraqi did and then he himself began the explanation of the book and his son who wrote the book for he carried on the explanation Waliuddin al-Iraqi he carried on the explanation of his father in the book Tafrib so he said Hafid al-Iraqi said in Tafrib 
they disagree about what is meant by al-fitrah in this hadith I was indicating that the word al-fitrah in different texts in different ayahs or different hadith it can have different meaning but they, disagree, they disagree, disagree about what is meant in this hadith here there are five things from the fitrah and as you'll see in the next hadith of the chapter there are ten things from the fitrah so they disagree about the meaning in these specific narrations so he said they disagree about the meaning of al-fitrah in this hadith so it is said and he mentions the first thing it means the sunnah the five things are from the fitrah it means five things are from the sunnah this was quoted by al-Khattabi from the majority of the scholars and this is indicated by the narration of Abu Urana in Al-Mustakhraj in his book Al-Mustakhraj from a hadith of Aisha which will follow in the next hadith in the chapter that he mentions and the next hadith in our chapter here that Asharatum minas sunnah in this wording of it the wording of Abu Urana Asharatum minas sunnah ten things are from the sunnah so therefore based upon this what is meant is the sunnah which is the way that is followed what's meant by the sunnah here as well is the way that's followed in the fitrah in the sunnah and what's meant by the sunnah in this case the way that is, the way that is followed meaning that that is from the sunnahs of the prophets it's from the way followed by the prophets and their path because some of these points are obligatory and some of the items in this list are obligatory as will follow and there is disagreement about that and those who do not hold anything from them to be obligatory they take it to mean the sunnah which is opposite to what's obligatory and it is said, he mentions the second meaning, so the first meaning, those scholars who say the fitrah here, it means the sunnah. Five things here are from the sunnah. He mentions the second saying, he said that al fitrah means a deen, means the religion. And then he brings a, lang- a language point and says, as for the root meaning of al fitrah in the Arabic language, the root meaning of fitrah in the Arabic language then it means the initiation of the creation and it's being brought into existence al-fitrah means Allah the Most High meaning initiating the creation and bringing it into existence as in his saying he the Most High فَاطِرِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ Surah Al-An'am the 6th Surah Ayah 14 with the explanation that he, Allah, is the Fatir, the creator, the one who brought into existence the heavens and the earth. He said, and from Ibn Abbas, who said, I hadn't used to know the meaning of this ayah until two Bedouins came to me, two Bedouin Arabs came to me for judgment about a well. So one of them said, and two, Arab, two Bedouin Arabs came disputing about who this well belonged to. They came to Ibn Abbas for judgment. So one of them said, Ana fatartuha. 
Meaning, I began by digging it out. I was the one to first dig it out. I, mean, I was the one who made it first. So we're using that word that relates to fitra here. So Ibn Abbas said, so then I understood the meaning of the ayah, Fatir is Samawati Then he mentions the third saying of Hafid al-Iraqi, he said that al-fitra here, that it means al-jibillah allati jubila alayha ibn Adam. That the fitra means the natural inborn disposition upon which the son of Adam is made. A person's inborn disposition that he is made upon. And this is one of the sayings in explanation of his saying, in the saying of the Prophet Kullu mawludin yuladu al-fitra Every newborn child is born upon the fitra. I mean, upon, in one saying, the natural inborn disposition, the natural disposition which is created upon. The inclination towards what is correct, in other words. Then he mentions the fourth and last meaning. He said, or it is said, the fitra is al-Islam. And from it, this usage, from it is the saying of Hudayfa. Which occurs in a hadith reported by Al-Bukhari, this hadith 791, that Hudayfa saw a man praying. And he was not completing the ruku' and he was not completing the sujood. So Hudayfa said to him, La mutta ala hada, mutta ala ghayri fitrati Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hudayfa said to that man who was not completing the ruku' and the sujood, he said, If you were to die, you would die upon other than the fitra of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's a meaning other than Islam. He said, and it is one of the sayings in explanation of his saying, Kullu mawludin yuladu al-fitra, every newborn child is born upon the fitra, I mean born upon Islam, in one of the two sayings. And upon this explanation is taken the saying of Jibreel to the Prophet when he took some milk on the night of the night journey and Jibreel said to him Asabta al-fitra you have attained the fitra the correct way meaning you have attained the correct way which is Islam obviously referring to the narration of the night journey when, Allah, when two drinks were brought to Allah's messenger a drink of wine or a drink of milk for him to choose. So he chose the milk. So Jibreel said to him, Asabta al-fitra. You have attained the fitra. Also on the same point with regard to the fitra, Al-Munawi said in Faith al-Qadir, the explanation of Al-Jam al-Sabir, Al-Fitra carries the meaning of creation. And of al-jibillah of inborn disposition and of the sunnah and it carries the meaning of the sunnah and that is what is meant here in Fayyul Qadir al-Munawi is saying in this hadith what's meant here is the sunnah means the sunnah the fitra here means the sunnah meaning five things are from the ancient sunnah 
which the prophets chose and which all the revealed laws were agreed upon to such an extent that it became like their natural inborn nature. On the same point, Al-Hafid ibn Hajjah said, with regard to Al-Fitra, in the introduction to his uh, Fatul Bari, of the first volume of Fatul Bari, Hadi Sari is uh, Al-Hafid ibn Hajjah's introduction to the whole, his whole explanation of Al-Bukhari. And in that, w- one of the many things that he does in the introduction is he explains any words that are going to, t- going to appear in, later on. So he says, with regard to Al-Fitra, what is meant by it is the Sunnah, with the majority. The Fitra, as in this hadith, means the Sunnah. Also, As-Suyuki said, in his explanation of Al-Bukhari al-Tawshih, meaning the ancient Sunnah, which the Prophets chose, and which all the revealed laws agreed upon. So, it is as if it was a matter in which their natures were created upon. And this is the best thing that has been said in explanation of it, and the most comprehensive thing. And then finally, on this point, Ibn al-Mulaqtin said, in his explanation of Umdus al-Ahkam al-Alam, he said, al-Fitra, the Fitra, to this hadith is what it means is the sunnah as was quoted by al-Khattabi from the majority and it was declared to be correct by Nawawi meaning that these are from the sunnahs of the prophets those who are followed and this is supported by the narration of al-Bukhari from Ibn Umar from the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam من السنة قص الشارب ونطف الإبد وتقليم الأظفار. In a separate hadith, it brings the same things that I mentioned in this hadith, or some of them. But the word that is used is that Allah's Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم said, from the sunnah is to trim the mustache and to pluck the armpits and to trim the nails. Hadith reported by Al-Bukhari as Hadith 5,888. As for the word khams, that the fitra is five, then Al-Hafid ibn Hajjah said in Fatubari, his explanation of Al-Bukhari, Fatubari, what it means is five characteristics. As for the phrase that Imam Nawi brings here, Al-Khamsun min al-fitra. Allah's Messenger either he said the fitra is five things or he said five things are from the fitra Ibn Alan said in his explanation of Riyadh al-Salihin this was a doubt from the narrator in which one was said by the Prophet al-fitra to khamsun or was it this was a doubt from the narrator then he said and it is necessary to take the first wording in the light of the second it means necessary to take the first wording the fitter is five things to have the meaning of the second anyway 
thinking that five things are from the fitra. The difference being that the first, the first might suggest, the first wording, the fitra is five, might suggest that the fitra is only those, those five things. But that is not the correct meaning. So, it's necessary that we take it in the light of the second wording. That five things are from the fitra. I mean, the fitra is more than just these five. These are five which are from it. He said, because there occurs with Imam Ahmad and others with the wording min al fitrati khams from the fitra are five <coughs> and in the narration of Malik khamsun min al fitra five things are from the fitra he said especially when the narration is established with an addition upon the five a large addition as will follow in the hadith which comes after it as we have in our chapter here the next hadith Mentions ten. So therefore, it is known that limitation was not intended. It you know, is not meant to limit the fitra to just five things. With regard to the point about the doubt from the narrator, then Al Hafid ibn Hajar said about the doubt, it was from Sufyan. The narrator who doubted and therefore mentioned it without either this wording or that wording. It was Sufyan, the great Imam, Sufyan ibn Uyayna, meaning. Also, Al-Hafidh ibn Hajar said, in fact, Mubari still, he said, with regard to these points of the fitra, he said, Ibn al-Arabi mentioned that the characteristics of the fitra reach 30 in number. And then Ibn Hajar commented upon this and said, if what he meant was specifically those characteristics that are mentioned by name as being from the fitra, by word, by that word, fitra, then that, that is not the case. We don't, find 30 separate, uh, we don't find 30 separate things mentioned in hadith as being mentioned from the fitra, 30 separate things. He said, and if what he meant was more general than that, he's just referring to, doesn't have to state in a hadith that they are from fitra, but everything that belongs to the fitra, even if it's not directly used, has that word used and applied for it, fitra. Then he said, then in that case, they are not limited to just 30. Rather, they are a lot more than that. And as for the characteristics that are mentioned, the five characteristics, characteristics that are mentioned, then firstly, al-khitan, circumcision. Circumcision. <coughs> And Al-Imam Al-Nawawi said in his explanation of Muslim regarding Al-Khitan circumcision it is obligatory in the view of Ash-Shafi and many of the scholars and it is Sunnah with Malik and most of the scholars and it in the view of Ash-Shafi is obligatory upon the men and the women, both. And then what is obligatory upon the man is that all of the skin which is around the head of the male member is cut away. So that the all of the head of the male member is uncovered. And with regard to the woman, 
what is obligatory is cutting the slightest part of flesh at the highest part of the, geni at the, gen of the genitals. On the same point, Al-Khitan, circumcision, Al-Munawi said in Bible Qadir, explanation of al the circumcision of the woman is to cut a piece of flesh that is like the comb of the cockerel, a red part, fleshy part on the head of the cockerel. Above the genital opening, meaning hood of the clitoris. That's what he's meaning. As for the ruling of circumcision, then we'll take it, inshallah, later on, at the end of the list, inshallah, we'll have a mention what this comes said about the ruling of these matters. As for the second matter in the list, al-istihdad, shaving the private parts, then Imam al-Nawi said, in his explanation of Muslim, as for al-istihdad, then it is to shave the pubes. It is called istihdad because it involves the use of a hadida, a piece of sharp iron, hadid. Istihdad means using hadid, using a sharp iron tool, which is the razor. And it is sunnah. And what is intended by it is to clean that place to attain cleanness of that place. And what is best with regard to it is to shave, the halq. And it is permissible to trim, al-qas, mean to cut, trim, and to pluck, and an nawra, hair removing cream. And what's, what's better is to shave that area. But it is permissible to either trim or pluck or use hair removing cream. On the same point, Al-Istihdad, Mullah Ali Al-Qari said in his explanation of Mishkat Al-Mirqat, Al-Istihdad is to use an iron tool, like a razor, like, like for example a razor, to shave the pubic region which has hair upon it around the male member and the genitals of the woman. Ibn Suraj added and around the anus. Just firstly, as a, point, a side point here, with regard to Ibn Suraj, then he was Abu Abbas, Ahmed ibn Umar, al-Baghdadi, who is a Qadi, a judge, a chief judge, and a scholar of the Shafi's, a Shafi scholar, who died in the year 306. So he makes the addition that it includes also shaving around the anus. He said, so therefore he made al-ana, the pubes, to be wherever hair grows. And then Mullah Ali al-Qari uh, commented, but what is famous is the first saying. This is the saying of Ibn Suraj, What's the most famous saying from the scholars is that it's just limited to the area around the private part, not the anus. On the same point, Imam al-Shawqani said in Nail al-Tar, I say, istihdad, 
if in the language it means to shave the pubic area, as Anawi said, then there is no proof that it is sunnah to shave the hair which grows around the anus. And if it means just to shave anything with a razor, as occurs in the book Al-Qamus, meaning Al-Qamus Al-Muhid, the dictionary, then there is no doubt that that is more general than just shaving the pubes. But however, there occurs in Muslim and elsewhere, instead of the wording istihdad, using a razor, in the hadith five from the fitra, there occurs the wording halqul ana, shaving the pubic area. So this will explain the unrestricted wording of istihdad in the hadith five from the fitra. So claims that it is from the sunnah to shave the hair which grows around the anus, or that that is recommended, that is, this will not be established without a proof. And we have not come across any shaving of the hair of the anus from his sallallahu practice, nor from the practice of anyone from his companions. And likewise, finally on this point, Ibn al-Arabi said, Ibn al-Arabi al-Maliki said, in his explanation of Tirmidhi, Aridatul Ahwadi, and it should not go beyond shaving the pubic area to shaving the an- around the anus. That should be left as it is. As for the phrase, Taqlimul Adhfar, clipping the nails, then Imam Nawawi said, in his explanation of Muslim, this, shaving, uh, clipping the nails, this is Sunnah, it is not obligatory. And it is from the word Al-Qalam, which means to cut. Al-Hafidh ibn Hajj said in Fatul Bari about cutting the nails, he said, what is meant is to remove whatever grows in excess over that which covers the tips of the fingers, in that which grows beyond the ends of the fingers. Because dirt will gather under it and soil it. And it may then reach the extent that it prevents water reaching that which is, which is obligatory to wash when purifying oneself. If you let your nails go that long, then dirt will gather under them and stop water reaching. On the same point, Sheikh Abdul Aziz ibn Baz said, in one of his answers to a question, as occurs in the program, Norun al-Darab, he said, As for that which some people have become accustomed to now, with regard to letting their fingernails grow long from some of the women, then this is a mistake. It's not permissible to let them grow long. This contains resemblance to animals. And if some of the disbelievers do it, then it will be resemblance to them. And the Prophet ﷺ forbade resembling the enemies of Allah and resembling animals. As for the fourth matter mentioned in the list, matter from the fitra, nutful ibt, plucking the armpits. Then Ibn Malakin, Ibn Malakin said, 
in his explanation of Umratul Ahkam, al Iqlam, said plucking the armpits means to remove the hair from the armpit. And it can be achieved through shaving or through hair removal paste. But what is best is what is indicated in the Sunnah, which is plucking. Because the word that occurs in this hadith is nat, from plucking, plucking out. So saying that's what's best. You can do it by other means, by hair removal things. What's best is plucking. Imam Nawawi said in his explanation of Muslim, this is sunnah by agreement. And what is best with regard to it is plucking. For the one who is strong enough to bear it. And it can also be attained by shaving or by a nawra, a hair removal paste. And it is related from Yunus ibn Abdul A'la who said, I entered upon a, sh- a Shafi'i, obviously from Imam Shafi'i, rahimahullah, and he had a barber with him. And he was shaving under his arms, he was shaving his armpits. So as Shafi'i said, I know that the Sunnah is plucking, however, I am not strong enough to bear the pain. And on the same point, Sheikh Abdulaziz bin Baz said, again from Nurun al Darb, he said, likewise the armpits should be plucked. So if it's not easy if it's not easy to pluck it, if it's difficult to pluck it, then he can remove it by other means. By hair removal paste or treatments that will remove it, hair removal creams or something, that will remove it. Because what is required is just its removal, the removal of that hair. As for the final point in the list, Qasr-Sharib, trimming the moustache. Now on this point, there's some, some degree of speech on this point. Qasr-Sharib, trimming the moustache. Then, Al-Qurtubi said, in his explanation of Muslim, Al-Mufhim, trimming the moustache is that he takes from it that which grows beyond the lip so that it does not interfere with the person who is eating and so that dirt cannot get entangled with it and as for al-ihtifa and al-jaz he indicates some words, that are, as we will see, there are a number of words that occur with regard to trimming the beard, trimming the, well, trimming the moustache, al-ihtifa and al-jaz. He said, so trimming it right down and shaving, shaving it down, referring to the moustache, it all means al-qas, means trimming, as has been mentioned, in trimming so it, it doesn't go beyond the top lip it doesn't get, fall down below the top lip it does not mean taking it right down to its roots in the view of Malik and the group of the scholars and in his view I mean, this taking, taking the moustache right down to the very roots trimming it, trimming it or shaving it right down until it's almost gone this is not correct he said in the view of Imam Malik and a group of the scholars 
and in his view it is mufla, disfigurement to do so and that a person should be punished for doing it since there were those from the people who are followed who would not take it, the moustache right down to the skin and they would not take it right down to the roots so it is reported from Umar ibn al-Khattab that when he was concerned about a matter that he would twist his moustache and if he used to take it right down he would not have been able to twist it then he said and the people of Kufa and others besides them hold that it should be taken right down to the roots cut right down holding on to what is apparent from the wording and some of the scholars hold that a person has a choice in that regard he can either trim the bottom or he can take the whole thing right down some say that you have a choice as for Imam Nawawi then he said in his explanation of Muslim as for the limit of trimming it then what is preferred is that he trims it so that the bottom lip is revealed and he should not shave it right down to its roots and as for the wordings of the hadith shawarib, shave down the moustaches then what it means is to shave down that which hangs over the lips and Allah knows best on the same point Abu Tayyib al-Azim Abadi said in Al-Ma'bud his explanation of Abu Dawood you should know that there occurs with regard to cutting the moustache different wordings Al-Qas cutting Al-Halq shaving Al-Taqsir shortening Al-Jaz something like shearing Al-Ihfa cutting uh, shaving right down and Al-Nahik erasing and because of this disagreement in wordings the scholars disagree so some of them said that a person should just shorten should just trim the moustache and some of them said he should take it right down to the roots cut it right, right down and some of them said he has a choice in that regard Al-Hafid Ibn Abdul Bar said in Al-Istidkar the scholars disagreed with regard to shaving the moustache so Malik used to say the sunnah is to just trim the moustache which is to take the hair away from the lip which is the upper lip and Malik said in Al-Muatta he should take from the moustache until the lip appears he should not shave it right down and disfigure himself and Ibn al-Qasim said from him, from Imam Malik shaving the moustache in my view, I mean shaving it right down, in my view is mufla, disfigurement and he used to hate that a person should take from what's above the moustache and he would say the explanation of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ihfaw sharib taking the moustache down it just means what's upon the lip and Ibn Abdul Hakam reported from him, from Imam Malik of the moustache does not mean to shave it and I think that one who shaves his moustache off should be punished and given correctional punishment, ta'deeb 
And Ibn Ashab reported from Malik about shaving the moustache. He said, Hadhi bid'ah. These are innovations. And I think that the one who does it should be beaten until it hurts. And Malik said, Umar ibn al-Khattab, when he was worried about something, he would breathe heavily and he would twist his moustache. And it's reported from Umar ibn al-Khattab, or rather it's reported from Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, the Khalifa, that he said the sunnah with regard to the moustache is to cut it to, the, to above the lip. And Wahab mentioned from Laith, the great Imam Laith ibn Sa'ad, who said, I do not love that anyone should shave his moustache. Rather, he should shorten it upon or above the lip. And I dislike that he should leave the sides very long. And Ash-Shafi'i and Abu Hanifa and their companions though, they said, taking the moustache right down and shaving it off and taking it down to its roots is actually better than shortening it. And Abu Bakr ibn al-Athram said, I saw Ahmad ibn Hanbal taking his moustache very, or cutting his moustache very, very far down. And I heard him asked about the sunnah with regard to taking the moustache down. So he said, he should take it very far down, just as the Prophet of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, take the moustache very far down, I mean, remove it, make it, shave it down. He put it by Bukhari and Muslim. Uh, on the same point, Shaykh al-Albani said in his notes to the explanation of Shaykh Ahmad al-Najmi in Umdat al-Ahkam, Ta'asis al-Ahkam, Shaykh Ahmad mentioned that the wording occurs with this itself, taking the moustache right down to its roots. So Shaykh al-Albani agreed that this word, with this wording. Then he said, this is what's most correct when the narrations are gathered. However, there remains to look and see what is it that is to be taken right down to the roots? Is it the whole moustache? Or is it just the bottom edge of it? This is something which the Salafists agreed about. And if we reflect upon the following matters, we will prefer the second view. You don't shave the whole moustache, you just shave that what is below the top lip. Firstly, his saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Man lam min sharibihi, Whoever does not take from his moustache, he is not from us. Hadith reported by Ahmad at Tirmidhi and Nasai from a hadith of Zayd bin Araqam, because Sahih by Shaykh Alban. So as I mentioned, he does not take from his moustache. Secondly, his practice, sallallahu alayhi wa explains his sayings, and it is authentic from him that he saw al Mughira ibn Shu'bah, and he had a long moustache. So therefore he, sallallahu alayhi wa he cut it for him upon a siwak, he put a, a siwak upon his top lip and put it, cut what was, what was below it. Hadith reported by Abu Dawood, Hadith 188, Dikta Sahih, So he said this is a text in the matter. And therefore Malik, rahimahullah, used to count shaving the moustache off as being a bid'ah. And he used to exceed and say about the one who does it, I see that he should be beaten until it hurts him. And finally, we'll close and shall get the time to move on. Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthimeen, rahimahullah, he said, as occurs in his Majmu'u al-Fatawa, what is best is to trim the moustache, as occurs in the Sunnah. But as for shaving it off, 
then this is not from the Sangha. I'm making an analogy, which some of them make, to say that it's legislated to shave it, making an analogy with shaving their head when performing pilgrimage. This is an analogy opposite to the text. So it is not counted. And therefore Imam Malik, therefore Malik used to say about shaving it, it is a bid'ah, which has appeared amongst the people. So it is not befitting that you should turn away from what occurs in the sunnah. Because following it is what contains guidance, rectitude, bliss and success. And as for the scholars mention of the rulings of these five matters, and the points of benefit, the explanation of Shaykh Muhammad and the Salaf and the Khatimeen, then we'll leave it to the next time, inshaAllah. Subhanakallah, and alhamdulillah, and alhamdulillah, and alhamdulillah, and